Hello, I'm Emily Bellet, founder of Vespod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich, and you're listening to The Wallet. Every week, we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. Alex Stedman started the Frugality in 2012, after having spent 15 years working in the fashion media industry. Her mission is to democratize fashion, lifestyle, culture, and interiors in a friendly and accessible way. In this episode, we talk about building a sustainable business you love, tips on how to manage your finances, the challenges of being a freelancer and a parent, how to stand up for yourself and try not to please everyone. Thank you so much, Alex, for our chat and for being so open about money and running a business. I loved it. We're all at different stages in our financial lives. Some of us are trying to save for a rainy day or our first home, and others are investing and building our retirement funds. But the journey is never linear, and we could all do with a little help. Moneybox is an award-winning app, helping over 800,000 people reach their goals and build wealth with confidence. Moneybox runs up your spare change and allows you to choose how and where you want to invest and save. You can sign up in minutes with as little as one pound, Download the Moneybox app today or go to moneybox.com slash Vespod for more information. As always with investing, your capital is at risk. Remember that we are not certified financial advisors. Information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. You started the frugality in 2012, I think. Yes, yeah, 10 years. So one of the very first bloggers, and, and also, I mean, I just wanted to ask you, you know, how it felt at the time, and also what's in the name, the frugality, because it's quite a strong name. Oh, thank you. It's funny, I thought about it, I thought, I thought about it quite a lot, but I kind of didn't, um, and I'm actually really happy that it stood to the test of time. Um, a lot of things haven't. Um, funnily enough, when I started it, the blog it was I felt like I was really late in the blogging world I felt like there were so many that already were doing it you know blogging well you know I suppose like Man Repeller had started and Liberty London Girl was big at the time and and actually I thought it was too late so I always think that's kind of a lesson to learn like it's never too late if you've got a good idea and you can relate to different people as well and I think it was probably the beginning of niche content um, I wasn't trying to please everyone, um, even though that's obviously still a struggle with myself. But um, the frugality, yeah, I think I liked the word frugal and I feel like my friends would always kind of refer to me as quite frugal and, and I never ever took it as um, an insult. I quite enjoyed and, and I think that's the point I kind of read recently that I think a lot of people think that being frugal is cheap and it's not, it's actually getting the most enjoyment out of everything and you know I suppose making things last and really understanding and appreciating the value of things and I think that's something that is a life lesson anyway. And I guess we talk a lot more about that today you know making things last buy less uh, buy buy better yeah. so I mean for you it's 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 great. Yeah yeah I think I've, I mean, I've learned a lot in the ways along the way there's definitely a period where I was buying lots to kind of keep up with the trends of social media and buying the most for the cheapest. 
And I feel like weirdly, I my blog probably grew the most in that time because it reflected the time. Probably about kind of two thousand and sixteen was kind of the biggest growth, and I think that's probably where I hit my kind of. I became a bit more of just a shopping app, um, and just really buying things and telling people what to buy, and and it was much more affordable and fast fashion. And recently, as I've kind of got older and kind of understood a bit more about practices that I'm trying to learn myself about buying less and you know again appreciating value and I think that's quite a hard thing to learn especially on social media it's really hard especially as you're you know I mean you're an influencer you're a public figure so you feel you have also um and, and I asked that to, to Claire Seal a few a few weeks ago my frugal mm. year I asked her do you feel you have a, a responsibility um you know towards maybe your, your audience in terms of this is what I'm talking about this is maybe what you should be doing yeah I've I find I find it really hard that balance um because there's only so much that your audience and people can put on you as a human being yeah um within your capabilities um but I do really feel strongly that I have an audience and I I, I again I would never want anyone to feel like they had to buy something or feel less than or they compare themselves to me. So I think it's very important to acknowledge that as well. Um, I do still make a bulk of my money from advertisers, um, but I'm very careful who I work with. And I'm also very aware of the ethics of the brands that I work with yeah. as well, and that they don't kind of put that onto a consumer as well and buy, buy, buy. Um, it's, yeah, it's definitely something we're all learning And, and I think, yeah, I do, we do have a responsibility. And I think if you don't care about your region, I, th I think that shows as well. And that's why social media is so great, because you could really pick people to follow that suit your values. And I think it's really important to do that and go through and, you know, unfollow people, mute people. You can go back if you enjoy their feed, but they're not, you know, at the stage of life that you can connect with right now. You can mute them and come back and... But it's also, I think, as well, important not to make that person feel bad because of your situation yeah. as well. Sometimes, it's, you know, we have to understand that everyone has different levels and different stages. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I see what you mean about, you know, maybe not oversharing, being careful, you know, what you're working on, what you work with. But I mean, following your account, it's, you know, it, it's funny, but I never feel bad about anything. It's, it's, you know, you don't have this fear of missing out. It's, and it's quite positive, uh, you know, and good energy. So thank you for, for sharing that. Aww, thank <laughs> um, you. And you also talk about money uh, a lot. And, uh, you know, we've, we've worked together on, you know, an article about pensions, but you also published an ebook a few years ago and I've read it at the time yeah. I purchased. Oh, <laughs> I see you like, you. <laughs> um, But you know what? Are the, you know what is money for you, especially as um, as a freelancer, uh, you know, business owner. Oh, uh, buddy! I mean, I feel like my, I feel like I really can't escape money. I feel like it's a really important task. You know, it's a really important yeah. subject. It affects every part of our life, and I find it really unusual when people don't want to talk about money. 
Um, and sometimes I notice, some, like I'll be talking to someone, I'll be like, oh, I've just paid this loan off and we've got like a hundred pounds extra every month to like spend. And you can tell they kind of glaze over like, oh, you're talking figures. <laughs> and, but, and, and I, I sometimes think, oh yeah, but maybe a hundred pounds a month isn't much to you, but that's like a huge amount. And I've never not appreciated um, the value and, you know, of understanding money. And even if you don't, have a lot of it or or as much as you'd like I think there's so much value in kind of understanding your own money um and I think that I've been through lots of phases in in my life and you know been under in a, in a lot of debt from when I used to um work in the magazine world and trying to keep yeah. up with everything um and then obviously like renting and home property and renovating um and obviously owning my own business now which is so amazing and I could never dream of where we are now um but I think yeah money as well I do think we kind of say how money isn't everything but it's so important in our society as well and I do think you know money can buy you time (laughs) you know like when you don't have to tile a floor yourself <laughs> and when you don't have to clean your yeah. home yourself and when you don't have to go and to the shop and buy your food shop yourself and spend three hours of your day, you, can, you know, and all of that. And I think we really, a lot of people that kind of say that money isn't everything, they do un- miss a lot of those points that money can buy you a lot of freedom. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you that, yeah, money is a form of exchange. And, and I agree. I mean, for me, freedom is the main thing. But do you are you looking to, to accumulate money also? Is this something you're... Um, no, I, I feel like we have, we have very kind of, well, I like to say humble goals. <laughs> I mean, for me, I mean, we're very fortunate. You know, we have a lovely home um, that we own and our children, we have childcare and but then we also spend time with them um we're freelance so we work for ourselves yep. so we're very fortunate there I mean our goal is just to have security yep. really so this only we only opened I mean I'm 39 this year and we only opened a pension last year we only felt that we were well financially secure enough thank you to do that yep. then um but that's kind of our goal kind of just have these systems in place so you know pension we're kind of going to move on to a will um which we don't have yet as well um yeah I mean I I I, it's very daunting as well the financial world I think as well especially when you haven't felt part of it previously um even opening a pension like all the statements that you have to talk about and agree to and sign I mean I didn't do it on an app we did it with a, a company and even walking in it was quite hilarious it was in um we were recommended it by our mortgage broker and um, because we trust him so we asked him about a pension and we went in and it was in like central london and it was like a mahogany desk and she asked us to sign in with a gold <laughs> pen <laughs> and everyone was in suits and i was in like a, a leopard puffer and chris was in you know just like a tracksuit and I remember looking at Chris and we both just had that look in our eye, like we don't belong yeah. here. It's just, it's so interesting. And 
and actually the company were lovely and really helpful and really talked us through but that initial feeling I just knew I was like this isn't for me and it and I think gosh especially as you know a white woman in this space as well I feel like just imagine I just think and you know I'm I kind of know about money and under you know speak a little bit about money on my site I think there must be so many other people that feel equally or even more daunted by the experience. And how is your relationship with money? Do you think it, it, it has helped you, um, you know, tackling the topic and writing about it? Yeah, I, I, I don't ever feel really daunted mm. um, writing about it. Um, I, think, I think probably the most, because I write it from a very first person perspective, it's a comfortable subject. It's something I'm not telling people how to invest or what to do with their money I kind of explain how we do things um and I'm very confident in that because you know we have I mean we we really enjoy how we you know deal with our finances and you know like we do a food shop really affordably and we make lists of what we have and we don't waste food and then we make a meal plan of what we buy and our food shops you know rarely It's rarely over fifty pounds. I mean, fifty pounds is like an extravagant weekly food shop, for, you know, for our family, and but we never feel like we're scrimping as well. So I feel very confident in what I'm saying as well. Sometimes, you know, a lot of people can go, oh, you know, really judgmental yeah. and oh, but you, I can't believe you do that, and and I kind of it's it's what probably the one area where I I feel very confident in going. Well, no, no, we're really happy. Like it doesn't, you know. Or, We buy a secondhand present for my daughter's birthday. I'm like, it's a great. We bought her a bike on we found on eBay, and it's an amazing bike. And she doesn't know that it's secondhand, and it's giving a new lease of life, and it cost us a third of what it would have cost. And she's got a really nice quality bike, and I really enjoy that as well. A kind of, you know, trying not to get everyone obsessed with how many presents they get at Christmas, and and I really want to instill that in my family as well as myself. Not about Christmas, but you know yeah. what I mean? How many things you own. <laughs> How do you sort of open the conversation about it? I mean, if you talk about it with maybe friends or parents at school. Um, I think, I suppose, like, like most conversations and, you know, like a lot of conversations about money as well, just be upfront. Yeah. Um, so with like sort of, yeah, birthdays, like my mum will be very, you know, what does she want? I'm going to get her these 10 things. And I'm like, this is something that she'd really like. And just one thing, and I'm, I'm very like, if you please, it's one gift only yeah. because that's what, you know, the other grandparents are buying as well. And I don't want that kind of, and yeah, and also, yeah, she had a birthday party this year, so there's extra presents. Yeah, the one gift rule is really, I really enjoy it. And we do it for family and friends and everyone yeah. at Christmas now. Um, one gift and generally brother-in-laws were like, let's just not do the parents, let's just do the kids. Um. I mean, and that's the thing, it's not for everyone. It's, you know, it's adaptable. All of these um, tips, I think, you know, if that doesn't work for you, you can do it in other areas of your life. But I think, yeah, being upfront is really um, important. I think, funnily enough, I did, I did secondhand books for my kids' um, daughter's party. And I really yeah. enjoyed finding all the books in the shop. And I got a DM from someone saying, were the kids disappointed? <laughs> And I just replied and said, I, did, I honestly couldn't care less if a four-year-old is disappointed. Like, my husband is the entertainer. Not, 
And he like played with these 15 kids for like two hours nonstop playing What's the Time, Mr. Wolf? And we get, you know, like we had, they had birthday cake. I was like, we have entertained those kids for two hours. I couldn't care less if they don't like that book. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I, and I, you know, and hopefully they will. And Peggy loved, we, we kept some back for her and we love reading them every night. And yeah, it's funny. It's really funny. Um, so you talked about, you know, buying food, like preparing your meals. Um, do you yes. have any other tips maybe in terms of, you know, day-to-day -day finances, how you organize your, your finances and how you link that with your, with your business finances or your freelancer income? Um, well, so I suppose, I mean, I'm quite um, anal about things like that. So I am very, like, I'll check my bank balance every day couple of times a day I know where every direct debit is coming from like going to if if there's even like 199 that's not I'm like what is that and I will seek it out and I will cool cool up um I'm really on it with direct debits as well um just just evaluating as well even like we use Netflix and they're putting their prices yeah. up but it's quite a lot like by yeah. a third which is only three pounds, but when it only costs eight, I'm like, that's a huge difference. Um, and I'm just either thinking, why don't we just have a break for six months? Actually, it might make us read a book <laughs> <laughs> um, instead. Um, and I think as well, like, even if it's a really minuscule amount, like some, you know, I, I hate that when people go, oh, it's just three pounds, mm. because I always think that's how people get you, you know, with all of these subscriptions, one ninety nine a month. If you're not using it, that's wasted money. And that could be a coffee with a friend or, you know, I always think there's different ways. And I, I, I really, really dislike that mentality. You know, when people go, oh, it's only, only six pounds. Forget about it. I, I will not forget no. about it. <laughs> um, but I, um, I think, yeah, direct debits. I'm probably, weirdly, I'm probably far less frugal in my work mentality as I am in my personal life. But I think when you're running a business, there's, you know, there's a whole lot of other issues at play that I so I have contributors and I pay everyone and I pay everyone, I think, fairly. And and I think that's an, sort of a value that I've always wanted to keep. Um, and I suppose I probably use my my um, my work to kind of almost do all those things that I've always wanted to yeah. do from when I worked in a magazine and everyone wanted everyone to do everything for free and we, everyone was expected to work for free and all extra hours and I suppose through my own company I want to revisit that and really think about you know having an ethical company and making people want to work with us and it be a joy to, to work with us and I think by paying everyone fairly is a way that I can do that so I feel like my My company is definitely um, spends more money than I do, <laughs> and and does like looking into your bank personal bank account every day. Do you find it? Do you find it stressful? Or when you see this, like you know, this maybe maybe direct debit going up, um, is it a stress or it's more like yeah, I'm just gonna take care of it and then I know I can save this money and put it somewhere else maybe. Yeah. Um, I think I do have a few um, like automated saving apps and sometimes I'm like, oh, they took quite a lot. Um, but that's what's great. I do think that's 
one of the main reasons I can save actually I feel I am not great I always try and keep all the money for like a rainy day myself and actually I've noticed by using apps that actually oh I've got a hundred pounds there I didn't know it was there but I mean I usually transfer it back by payday um but I find that's good it's obviously a cushion we don't have a huge savings I have to say we're still getting there um I think with renovating a house I think that's just always a struggle because every time we get a chunk of money whether it's you know inherited it or saved it or you know being able to take a small dividend out from the company it just it's already got but by the time it even hits our bank it's gone to you know some bricks in the house or a roof or yeah it's it's a lot um so yeah that's our next thing is to have uh much more of a cushion in our savings especially with energy prices i mean it's it's, yeah it's it's a it's a really scary time really with everything's going up i find and you know wages just aren't matching it at all so what um how do you then you know see yourself when you see like energy prices going up that maybe you have you know projects for the house and and you will want to save more money are you in the more like looking for more income and and grow your business yeah i think that's the that's the aim um but again through never i've never run a company myself so um i feel like i definitely probably need a bit of a, a business talk with someone I'm probably haven't got much business acumen um we've grown our company very organically um and I think it's that getting to the next level and also just delegating work to be able to you know have a higher capacity to earn like getting getting I've always done everything myself as well I think working through I've worked through recessions I was made redundant in 2008 and had to kind of start my career again and obviously always been in the fashion industry especially in the magazine industry where you're told you're lucky you have a you, sh- you have a job at all um so I've always done like five jobs so I find it so hard to delegate and understanding that you know spending money we're actually going to take our first assistant on this week Amazing. um as a kind of an actual employed member of staff rather than a freelance capacity and understanding that I suppose to spending money on that in order to be able to earn more yourself is I think like a huge lesson and I mean yeah I'm I'm very nervous about having someone to be responsible for like in the sense of like financially but I think it's going to be exciting and I think that sometimes that's the only way you can move your brand forward company forward and earn more there's only so much you can do as a as one person yeah you have to find some sort of leverage um to to yeah. be able to release some time especially for you because you're still the face of the business so you, you need to do a lot of this work and i just wanted to talk about you know being a freelancer being a business owner and we talked talked about it offline before the episode when you have also a family and you have kids i mean very quickly you get into a position where it's a bit hectic and you know there's no balance yeah. whatsoever and it's also I mean your, your your kids are a bit a bit younger and you took some time off work to be with them but that means you know then there's a drop in income you're gonna have a fluctuating income for a while maybe your partner has to work but how do you manage these like periods of time and still today as they grow up and maybe they're gonna you know start school and then finish earlier 
how do you, do you take these decisions of you know when to work when not to work having the privilege to be able also to not work for a while do you, do you prepare for these periods yeah. of time because in the uk the government is not really helping when it comes to um to parents um having kids mm. and especially for yeah. women running their own business or women freelancers oh yeah and try a woman who works with her husband mm. so my for instance if i don't work my husband also there's you know we work together the frugality so if there isn't if i'm not filming content to put up then we're not making yeah. money so and a male freelancer isn't entitled to any money for obviously maternity pay or paternity pay i think once you're a company you can but as a male yeah. freelancer you're entitled to no no money so when i first had my first baby it's it's i think it's like 541 pounds per, per month 141 pounds a week but we have to share that so you know it wasn't like to he eat could them. work and put some yeah he couldn't put some ads up on instagram on my behalf um because if i i couldn't work because i was an eternity so i think that's also a an interesting thing as well if you're both freelance yeah. it really struggles and if you both work together on the same project you we you know so if I took time off he took time off which was a privilege in itself because we could look after our baby yeah. together but yeah living on 500 pounds between us per month that's not gonna happen um so you have to prepare for it as a freelancer so this I think this the second when I had my second baby we definitely made sure there was enough money in the bank to top up our wages and we took time off but we also um worked on top of that so we had kind of the 10 keep in touch days so I made sure I like put ads on those days but then I still worked I just wasn't paid and so I still did content on my site because again with social media if you're not present on the site on Instagram then advertisers won't see you and won't approach you and the algorithm Um, will slowly you know forget about yeah is it punish you yeah um and it's funny because i think sometimes we use this word like you know the term maternity leave as a a general broad term but for a freelancer it doesn't really exist it's not there's no set time you basically it's just time off if you want to take it and not be paid that's what maternity leave is there's no one that does your job and there's no you know you'll get paid this much because even now as a company people are like, oh yeah, but you get maternity pay through your work. I'm like, yeah, but it's my money. It's my money. I just, I just pay it to myself, but I don't, there's no money going in. It's, and again, if you have a company that doesn't exist without you, like I don't have, you know, a product where I can just, it can keep being sold whilst I'm on maternity leave. If I'm not physically creating the content to make money, then it doesn't, the money doesn't come. So um, it's really, it's really, really challenging. And you know, I'll be honest, last year, 2020, 21, obviously COVID and I yeah. was pregnant and had a baby was the worst financial year of our lives since I started. Um, well, not since I started, but since I started the, um, like the company, it was just a terrible year. We kind of only just broke even in just paying everyone and like minimal expenses. Um, this year has already been better, but yeah, you really notice the dip because also when you're pregnant and work with advertisers, brands don't really want to work with you either. So um, it's a tricky, well, because obviously I suppose a lot of fashion brands don't have maternity ranges, so they don't want to show a pregnant woman. 
um, even though I didn't wear maternity clothes. And then obviously drinks brands you can't do, a lot of food and skincare brands because they're not technically, you know, a yeah. pregnancy friendly. Um, and then also your content isn't evergreen, so they wouldn't yep. be able to repurpose your picture the year after yep. because you're pregnant and then it's not useful for them. Um, so I really noticed as well, um, and not not overtly discrimination like overt mm-hmm. discrimination but but again even a brand would approach you and then you'll say oh just to let you know I am you know even like early stages like four months pregnant and then suddenly they were like oh we've decided to go a different direction yeah. you're like we're oh, doing okay. another campaign instead yeah with two people that aren't pregnant yeah. <laughs> um, but um yeah so it, it was a definite um eye-opening experience but um but I do think there that most people, you know, I think it was especially with nursery and childcare, like it's a short, I, you have to think of it as temporary and I'm still not there yet. I still, you know, begrudge every, <laughs> <laughs> every penny, but it is, yeah. But hopefully, yeah, my daughter goes to school this year. So financial will get easier, but then obviously the juggle of school times because finishing the day at 3.30 is not, so we, and holidays. We, we're trying to figure that out now. So how can you just tell me, you know, what's what's next for for you for the frugality? Um, how do you see yourself in, you know, maybe this year or in the next next few years? What do you, what do you want to work on? Um, so I think the frugality. So I last year I separated um, the accounts. So yeah. I've got Alexandra Stedman, which is my personal account, which is kind of a lot of the same content that I've always done, kind of lifestyle and personal bits. And then the frugality now is more of a lifestyle website and the Instagram for that, I'd like to kind of set that apart as its own brand and not just be about me because obviously I don't reflect all, you know, I'm not the most frugal person you've ever met and the frugality isn't me. And I I find that struggle, like kind of separating myself from also the person that has a website um I was called the frugality for so long that people thought that I had to be you know the cheapest smartest person that did everything perfect and that's not human nature so um by separating it and also having different voices as well and different sets of I would talk about financial privilege as well I, I have a lot of financial privilege and white privilege and I think it's important that the frugality as a brand reflects that and is a bit more kind of empathetic and thinks differently. Whereas I think if you're only ever posting content from one person's perspective, um, it then obviously, you know, it's not as relatable. And I want it to be an approachable site that's helpful and useful. So that's why we've got contributors in. Thank you so much, Alex. I just wanted to finish with one thing you you said earlier, um, where you said you know you can't please everyone uh, with your yeah. with your account. Can you just tell me a little bit more um, about that and what's sort of what what are your values and 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 your vision when you when you work and when you produce your content? Um, do you know what? I think last year actually I definitely really. I suppose I was pregnant and hormones and had a baby and you've got that fear of missing out. And, and also I think it was a very sensitive time. Obviously it really highlighted so many different issues and everyone kind of got a lot more kind of, I don't know, just kind of really 
I mean, I was angry at a lot of things and I think there was a lot of discussion, which is really important. But also I feel like I definitely felt that I hid myself quite a lot, especially when I had a baby as well. I felt very nervous. I felt very um, worried about upsetting people with anything that I said. And, you know, I was so aware, like, we were in renovations, but then I was so lucky to have a house. And so, you know, and it was really, and I really stopped myself from talking a lot as well about sustainability issues. And I got nervous in case that someone would be offended. And then I just kind of snapped out of it and just thought look, you can only do your best. And again, you can't please everyone and not everyone is going to like everything you have to say, but if you don't say it, then, you know, then who are you and what are you, you know, what do you, what do you stand for? And I've really kind of let those kind of insecurities go a little bit to some extent and just decided I'm just going to be me and say what I believe and talk about things I'm really passionate about as well. And I've really tried to bring the joy back to my feed and really do things that make me happy. And clothes as well do make me happy. Um, I'm buying less. So I think that's the last thing you can still talk about clothes, but have a positive message about it so um you know buying less mixing with old people and old people old clothes and um celebrating like the wardrobe that you have I think is still as important as you know you know sort of showing new things all the time I think actually it's really important to show old clothes and how you wear them and be make useful content so, yeah, I'm I'm definitely enjoying social media a bit more at the moment. That's great. Thank you so much, Alex, for taking your time to speak with me Thank today. You. Join us again next Thursday for another episode of The Wallet, and I'm going to be debunking investing myth. Also, next week on Friday morning, 8 a.m., we're organizing a breakfast, our first live recording of The Wallet with my brilliant guest at Mortimer House in London. Just follow the link in the show notes.